How's everybody doing? Good. There's Cheerios up here. Are these yours? Oh. Oh. I'm a dad. Well, I hope you guys are doing great today. Hope you're having a good day so far. Uh, I am excited to get up and teach from God's Word. And today we're looking at a topic called pride. And uh, we're going to talk about pride today, and then Chick is going to talk about pride next week. It's a very interesting topic. I've had a lot of fun this week thinking about pride. And I want to start today with an illustration that's going to help us as we think about pride. Does anyone here love to go to the aquarium? Anyone love the aquarium? I love the aquarium. I love checking out the different fish. Um, there, there are just so many cool and amazing creatures in the sea, uh, whether it's a, a shark or a starfish or a seahorse or my favorite, which is the moon jellyfish. You guys ever been to the jellyfish? See those moon jellyfish? They're so cool. Isn't God so creative in just how he made the, the, the world and the animals and the fish. It's just amazing. Well, there is this fish in the ocean, and it is one of the craziest fish out there. It's a puffer fish. Have you guys seen this fish? That's a puffer fish. A puffer fish looks like a regular fish, but it has this crazy ability to inflate itself like a balloon up to two three times its normal size. So here is a fish that can blow itself up. Well, you know, puffer fish, it looks cute. Maybe you go to uh, Japan or a Japanese restaurant and they're serving this dish called puffer fish. Do not eat a puffer fish. I don't care how many years that chef chained, whatever. Did you guys know that the puffer fish is one of the most poisonous animals on planet Earth? This is the black mamba of the ocean, okay? This is the, po the poison dart frog of the ocean. Uh, a puffer fish contains a toxin that is 1,200 time, 1, times more poisonous than cyanide, okay? A single puffer fish has enough poison in it to kill 30 humans, and there is no antidote. So, this is a poisonous fish. Now, I'm, I'm going to say it's the black mamba of the ocean. Now, there might be some debates later. Very poisonous fish. As we're talking about pride, though, I want us to think about this puffer fish as an illustration of pride. Because this is what pride does to us. We puff ourselves up to look bigger than we are. And that's what pride and arrogance does. It puffs us up to be bigger and more than we are. And, and just like a puffer fish, pride is toxic. You guys know what I'm talking about. Right? Pride can be toxic in a work environment. Pride can be toxic in the home. Pride can be toxic in our marriage or in our relationships. But most of all, pride is toxic in our relationship with God. So we're in this series on the book of Daniel... And for the next week, the focus is going to be on pride. And for those of you who are just joining us in this series, we've seen that Daniel and his friends are living in Babylon. 
And they are honoring God and they're making an impact in a culture that was very ungodly. Now the ruler of Babylon at that time was a powerful man named King Nebuchadnezzar. And I've had a lot of fun learning about this king because Nebuchadnezzar is a real hothead. And we've seen a few times where he, you know, he threatens to cut people into pieces or he's going to turn their houses into piles of rubble. You know, last week Andrew told us the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace. And Nebuchadnezzar is this guy. He makes a statue 90 feet tall, probably of himself. He tells everybody to bow down and worship it. And if anybody doesn't, he loses his mind. He threatens to kill him. And he says, fire up the furnace seven times hotter. I mean, that's the kind of egomaniac we're dealing with here. And this is Daniel's boss. But isn't it interesting? Because if we don't keep our pride in check, God will. That's the powerful lesson that Nebuchadnezzar is going to learn. For those who walk in pride, God is able to humble. We all struggle with pride in different ways and different forms. We all get puffed up, just like that puffer fish. Pride is so deadly, we don't even realize it. So today we want to talk about pride. And I want to talk about what makes pride so insane and why humility is the only thing that makes sense. So if you have your Bible, if you have your Bible app, we're going to be in Daniel chapter 4. We're actually going to start kind of in the middle, so just be ready for that. But we're going to be in Daniel chapter 4. We're looking at Nebuchadnezzar's pride and how insane pride can be and how humility is the only thing that really makes sense. So let's pray, and we'll dive in. God, thank you for this morning, a beautiful day in July. And um, we just want to thank you for your grace towards us. In every way, God, you have been gracious. And so, God, I ask for grace today to speak. We ask for your grace to hear. And I just pray that we would receive the gift of humility that comes through a vision of who you are and how great and how awesome and how wonderful you are. So, Lord, speak to us today. And we ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, we're talking about pride. And and just in my own life, as I've experienced this, I've found that one of the most difficult sins to overcome is pride. And even Nebuchadnezzar in this story, he's unable to overcome his own pride. It's really interesting. Nebuchadnezzar has a dream. And that's how chapter 4 opens. And God warns Nebuchadnezzar in this dream what is going to happen to him if he doesn't deal with his pride. So Nebuchadnezzar's been forewarned by God. And yet he's still unable to overcome his own pride. And 12 months later, we find Nebuchadnezzar on the top of his palace, whole year goes by, look what happens, Daniel 4.29. Twelve months later, it was Daniel 4.29 if you're in your scripture. Twelve months later, as the king was walking on the roof of his royal palace of Babylon, 
he said, Is this not the great Babylon I have built? Can't imagine he actually lifted a brick. Can you? I built as the royal residence by my mighty power and for the glory of my majesty. What's he doing? Do you see the puffer fish? He's puffing himself up. Is this not Babylon? Look what I've done. It's the pride we see in King Nebuchadnezzar. It's very interesting. It's the same pride we see even in archaeological inscriptions of the time of King Nebuchadnezzar. There's a great artifact. It's a dedication cylinder. It's part of a collection at the Metropolitan Museum of Art, the Met. This is a dedication cylinder that was written to dedicate the outer walls of the city of Babylon, these great massive walls that when they were completed, they made Babylon the largest city on planet Earth. And we have an inscription on this dedication cylinder from King Nebuchadnezzar. Well, listen to what he says. It sounds very similar to Daniel chapter 4. Here's King Nebuchadnezzar on the dedication cylinder. I, Nebuchadnezzar, built a wall around Babylon that cannot be shaken with fired bricks and mortar. I laid its foundation. Oh, you did. <laughs> on bedrock. And I built its top as high as a mountain. Wow. The fortifications of Babylon I strengthened and established the name of my reign forever. Now, if you were worried about Nebuchadnezzar having a self-esteem problem, <laughs> fear not. Because these words reveal an arrogance and a pride in the heart of King Nebuchadnezzar. Do you see it? Even on this dedication cylinder, this artifact, we hear Nebuchadnezzar saying, I, I, I. And he's consumed with with, him, with his reign and his power, what he's done. Sounds a lot like Daniel 4, doesn't it? Let's read that one more time. Daniel 4. Is this not the great Babylon I have built? <laughs> there he goes again. As the royal residence by my mighty power. And why? For the glory of my majesty. And so the same arrogant disposition that we see on the cylinder, we see in the scripture. Nebuchadnezzar has a pride problem. And friends, I would just say for all of us today, one of the most difficult sins to overcome in our lives is pride. And pride is really interesting because it's actually fascinating, right? There's two kinds of pride. There's the bad pride, which is what we've been talking about. And there's a good pride. Pride in yourself. Pride in your town. Pride in your team. But then there is a bad kind of pride that has something to do with the deadly sin of arrogance and superiority that sometimes comes into our life. 
And so at some point in all of our lives, we are going to struggle with a form of pride. And pride can come in many forms. Pride comes in that self-congratulation and thinking that we're somehow responsible for the blessings in our life. Is this not the great Babylon that I've built? You know, it's this, this self-congratulation, thinking we have done it. We're responsible for the blessings in our lives. Pride is hijacking a conversation and talking about ourselves and instead of maybe listening to another person or empathizing with what's going on in their life. Because of pride, we don't apologize. Because of pride, we don't ask for help. Um, because of pride, you know, we, we um, maybe don't admit our own sin and brokenness. And that's pride. Pride is that stubborn, self-reliant attitude. Pride shows up on our Facebook posts and Instagram posts. Um, it's a form of pride when you can easily pinpoint the flaws of everyone else around you. That's pride. But I would say the ugliest form of pride is spiritual pride. And it's what we see in the Pharisees in Jesus' day. It's this, this sense that I'm better than everyone else because of my religion. It's boasting in our own righteousness while we look down on our fellow man. And the truth is, pride is killing us. Pride is toxic. Pride is a poison that impacts our lives and the lives of people around us and especially our relationship with God. And so the Bible warns us against pride. Pride is not just a sin. Pride is the great sin. And many of us struggle with this on a regular basis. I think C.S. Lewis is helpful in mere Christianity. It's very interesting. I've been thinking a lot about this this week. C.S. Lewis writes, there's one vice of which no man in the world is free. In which everyone in the world loathes when he sees it in someone else. You see pride in another person, isn't that drive you crazy? It's so ugly to see pride in another person. But this is interesting, he says, we loathe it when we see it in someone else, and of which hardly any people except Christians ever imagine they're guilty themselves. So pride is this sin, we see it in others, we don't like it, and yet how rarely do we see it in ourselves? And he says, there is no fault which makes a man more unpopular and no fault which we are more unconscious of in ourselves. The vice I'm talking about is pride or self-conceit. Isn't that interesting? See, pride is a sin. And sin separates us from God. And pride happens to be one of the most difficult sins to overcome. We hate it when we see it in other people, but we hardly ever see it in ourselves. And that's why today I'm saying that pride is just another word for insanity. And pride is insanity. And we need to think about what pride does to us when pride goes to our head. And so I'm going to use a little bit of a, a crazy illustration here. And, uh, and I just apologize, but we're talking about the insanity of pride. 
And I just think, uh, if we can go to the image here, I think the puffer fish is a great picture of pride, right? Pride is inflating yourself in a way that becomes toxic to the world around you. And that's the puffer fish's move, right? The puffer fish puffs himself up and becomes toxic to the world around him. Well, it's interesting because there were some, some people who were researching dolphins. And they came across a group of dolphins who were not eating the pufferfish because dolphins are smart. They know that pufferfish is going to kill them. So instead of eating the pufferfish, they just started passing it around to get a little buzzed. True story. And so this is crazy. So the Smithsonian Magazine writes an article. Dolphins seem to use toxic pufferfish to get high. What? What are you doing? And it goes on to say, footage from a BBC documentary series, Spy in the Pond, reveals what appears to be dolphins getting high off pufferfish. According to the report, the dolphins were filmed gently playing with the puffer, passing it between each other for 20 to 30 minutes at a time. And, and get this, at one point the dolphins are seen floating just underneath the water's surface. Like, dude. <laughs> and it says they're apparently mesmerized by their own reflections. So you just see that dolphin, he's just, dude. Well, there's good news. There is a celebrate recovery coming to an ocean <laughs> near you. Guys, normally I wouldn't use this illustration, but today we're talking about the insanity of pride. And isn't this exactly what pride does to us? Right? Pride goes to our head, and we become deluded with ourselves. We cannot see above the surface of the water. When we're not looking at God, we're not looking at others, we become mesmerized with our own reflection. It's the insanity of pride. It's delusion of self. And that's what we see in this scripture. Pride is insanity. And if you still wonder if how insane pride is, take a look at King Nebuchadnezzar. Because he's standing on the roof talking to himself. And he's saying in Daniel 4, is this not the great Babylon I have built as the royal residence by my mighty power and for the glory of my majesty. We go, dude, you passing the puffer fish. Listen to this. Is this not Babylon I have built? Do you think he lifted a brick? Do you think he broke a sweat? Probably not. As the royal residence. What's he saying? He's saying, I built this city for me. This is my house. By my mighty power. He's flexing in the mirror, and boy, he likes what he sees. For the glory of my majesty. He says, I get the glory for this. Well, hold on. You understand that everything you have is a gift of God, and it's for His glory and His majesty. 
See, that's what happens when pride begins to poison our mind. It creates an insanity in how we view the world. I don't know if you guys remember Shaquille O'Neal. Shaq, dude's a giant. You know, and he would, he would dunk a basketball and see him, you know, celebrate, throw his arms out, not in my house. You're like, dude, what did you do? Like, you are 7'1". Are you kidding me? You have a vertical reach of 12 feet, 5 inches. Like, all you did was drop the ball in. I mean, it's a 10-foot rim. He can reach 12 feet, 5 inches. Like, what did you really do? What are you celebrating about? You just, you know what you did? You were born. <laughs> That's what you did, Shaq. You were born. <laughs> See, God gave you this incredible gift. And yet, we celebrate it like, it's, like we did it all. And that's the delusion of pride. It's how pride poisons our mind. We can't see beyond the surface of the water. We don't see what God has done. We don't see the contributions of others around us. Pride is insanity. And so as a picture of this, God humbles King Nebuchadnezzar with actual insanity. A crazy story. Scripture says this in verse 31. He's praising himself. Is this not the great Babylon? Verse 31. Even as the words were on his lips, a voice came from heaven. This is what is decreed for you, King Nebuchadnezzar. Remember, God warned him earlier in a dream. Your royal authority has been taken from you. Just so you remember that it's not you that did this. I'm taking your royal authority from you. You will be driven away from people and will live with the wild animals. You will eat grass like an ox. So God is announcing his coming insanity. Crazy. He's going to go out, the king of Babylon, running out, going insane, living with the wild animals, eating grass like an ox. He's going to lose his mind as judgment from God. It goes on to say seven times, God says seven times, and some scholars think that means seven years, will pass for you until you acknowledge that the Most High is sovereign over all the kingdoms on earth and gives them to anyone he wishes. Then it says, immediately what had been said about Nebuchadnezzar was fulfilled. He was driven away from the people and ate grass like an ox. Most powerful man on earth, driven insane and humbled by the Most High God. His body was drenched with the dew of heaven until his hair grew like the feathers of an eagle and his nails like the claws of a bird. What a sight. Isn't that crazy? What a moment as Nebuchadnezzar goes insane for seven years. Guys, pride is insanity, and God hates pride. It's one of the most difficult sins to overcome. And so how do we move forward? Sometimes it's even hard to see our own pride. Well, I think what we see in this passage is that pride is insane, but humility makes sense. And this is where the passage lands is with the sanity of humility. But we see how God humbled King Nebuchadnezzar. 
And it's interesting because Nebuchadnezzar goes insane. He lives like a wild animal for seven years. And finally it comes to an end. Verse 34. How is King Nebuchadnezzar's sanity restored? How do we come to a place of humility in our life? Verse 34, I love this. At the end of time, I, Nebuchadnezzar, raised my eyes towards heaven. And then my sanity was restored. I raised my eyes towards heaven. And then my sanity was restored. How do we come to a place of humility in our lives? I think we, we highlight this today. I think the key is right here. The key to overcoming pride and arrogance is to lift our eyes to heaven. And that's where our sanity is restored. The key was Nebuchadnezzar was so about himself. He had to look beyond the surface of the water, to look up towards heaven, to focus on God. And that's where humility comes. Humility comes when we lift our eyes up beyond ourselves and get a vision of the most high God. It's so important. Again, C.S. Lewis says in Mere Christianity, he says, as long as you're proud, you cannot know God. A proud man is always looking down on things and people. And of course, as long as you're looking down, you can't see something that's above you. What is pride? Pride is me looking at me. Humility is me looking at God. That's all humility is. Pride is just me looking at me. Humility is me looking at God. And there is an instant right-sizing of who I am with just one eyeful of who he is. I lifted my eyes up to heaven and I humbled myself before his glory and his majesty. And isn't it interesting because nothing can humble God, right? But God did humble himself. And he gave his life as a ransom for many. He humbled himself to take our pride so that we might humbly live for him. Isn't that amazing who God is? And when we get a vision of God, our sanity is restored. Come to a place of humility in our life. And we see Nebuchadnezzar, I love this, he lifts his eyes towards heaven, and then what does he do? He praises the Most High God. Verse 34 continues. Then I praised the Most High. I honored and glorified him who lives forever. Oh, he's big, I'm small. And he begins to praise the Most High God. And he suddenly realizes that the blessings in his life are not his own. They're a gift of God. 
And somehow I think we think we're responsible for the blessings in our life. And the lesson that Nebuchadnezzar learned is, no, no, no. It's all a gift of God. And isn't that what we learn in James, in James chapter 1, where James says, every good and perfect gift is from above. Every good in my life is a gift of God. It's not my own. So praise really is the antidote to pride. How do we overcome pride in our life? Oh, we lift our eyes up. We get a vision of who God is. And praise becomes the antidote to our pride. Whatever blessings that come into our life turn into praise will eventually turn into pride. So praise is the antidote to pride. So Nebuchadnezzar begins to praise the Most High God. And he says in verse 34, His dominion is an eternal dominion. His kingdom endures from generation to generation. All the peoples of the earth are regarded as nothing. Wow. That's from the man who thought he was something. Suddenly he remembers all the peoples of the earth are regarded as nothing. We are dust. He does as he pleases with the powers of heaven and the peoples of earth. No one can hold back his hand or say to him, what have you done? And with that, his sanity is restored. Verse 36. At the same time, my sanity was restored. My honor and splendor were returned to me for the glory of my kingdom. Isn't it amazing how God exalts the humble? My advisors and nobles sought me out, and I was restored to my throne and became even greater than before. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and exalt and glorify the King of heaven because everything he does is right and all his ways are just. And those who walk in pride... He is able to humble. Amen to that. So God's doing something in our hearts. We jumped into a series on the book of Daniel. And we get two weeks on pride. So I go, okay, God, what are you doing? What are you doing in my heart? Because I see pride showing up in my life in so many ways. Pride is something we all struggle with. And for me, as, as a pastor, as someone who stands in front of people, as somebody who speaks into people's lives and preaches the word of God, I have to be so careful. Because pride can slip in so easily. So how, how do we stay humble? How do we not become deluded with ourselves? How do we not live with this prideful insanity where don't apologize. We don't ask for help. We think, oh, what, what I did, I did that. I don't want to live that way. So a great scripture that's helped me as I've battled my own pride comes from Romans chapter 12. I want to share this with you as we close. It's helped me so tremendously. Romans 12, 3. For by the grace given to me, Hasn't God been so gracious to us? 
So we just start by saying, for the grace given to me. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. But to think with sober judgment. What does that mean? It just means understand who you are. Think of yourself with sober judgment. That's the sanity of humility. Each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. And so what Paul is saying is he's saying that there's something about our faith that's going to help us live in humility. And that's my encouragement to you. Is that God has given you a measure of faith. And it is our faith that helps us to see ourselves just as we are. Pride is insanity. Pride is insanity because of who God is and who we are. But humility makes sense, doesn't it? Isn't there nothing more genuine than humility? Not thinking of ourselves more highly than we are. That's where I want to live my life. And it's our faith and a vision of God that helps us to see ourselves just as we are before a great and glorious So my encouragement to you today is to know who God is, know who you are, and to always remember that our lives are an incredible gift of his grace. So let's pray. God, thank you so much for reminding us today of the dangers of pride. There's so many times, God, when, when I have puffed up like that puffer fish. So we come today, we recognize that pride is a sin. Pride is a great sin. It separates us from you. It actually keeps us from living in genuine relationships with one another. So God, we humble ourselves before you. Please forgive us for our pride. Please forgive us for thinking we're something more than what we are. Please forgive us for forgetting that it's all a gift of your grace. You're so gracious to us. You're so good to us, God. And every perfect gift, every good and perfect gift really does come from above. So today, God, we take our lives and we say thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for family. Thank you for friends. Thank you for laughter. Thank you for summer. Thank you for success. Thank you for hardship. Thank you for trial. Thank you for pain. Thank you for your presence in the midst of it all. And thank you for Jesus who humbled himself. He didn't have to humble himself. Nothing could humble him, but he humbled himself. And he gave his life as a ransom for every one of us that we might no longer live for ourselves, but that we might live our lives for the praise and the glory for the one who deserves it all. You are worthy of our song and our praise. We love you, God. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Do a work in our hearts, God. We know this conversation isn't over. We know in a week we're going to be talking about pride again. I pray for an awareness, God, of those moments 
hearts filled with pride. God, would you give us a vision of God that we might live our lives in humility and genuineness all the days of our life. We pray that in the awesome name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And everyone said, Amen.